Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Everybody, Jackie Woodside here, the founder of the Conscious Living Podcast, where we are here to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. Thank you so much for being here with us, for caring about living in a conscious world, creating a world where love prevails. These are all things that I am just deeply committed to, and I know you are as well. I am just so happy and grateful to bring to the Conscious Living Podcast today a dear friend and colleague of mine who I've had just the amazing opportunity to work with very closely over the past year and to get to know on a personal and professional level and someone who I really deeply admire. Um, Kristen, you can send me uh, money for that comment Absolutely. at any point. Yes. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. That's, that's, <laughs> that's your cue. So Kristen Howe is uh, an amazing both theater and film actress and also the founder uh, of Go Big Coaching, and she's a professional coach. So two very interesting uh, and divergent careers that she is crushing it in, in both domains. So Kristen, I know you and I share this passion for awakening, for creating a conscious world, and um, I'm just so glad to bring you to the show today. So you have the opportunity to share with people your thoughts on creating a more conscious world. So welcome to the show. Ah, I'm so psyched to be here. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah, I love it. So do you mind just saying a little bit more about yourself? Maybe if people haven't seen you on the screen or or in theaters, if people haven't heard of you yet, a little bit more about yourself and your path to coming to this highly conscious place. Sure. Um, you know, and I try to be in a highly conscious place, but it's you do your not perfect by any means. Um, it's one of those things where you're like, listen, I, you know, more often than not, I always make that my mantra. Just try to be right. more often, more than often than not. Exactly yeah. right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I wasn't always in this place. I always felt drawn to the fact that there was more than just the seemingly, you know, the the physical results that you get from working hard and all of that, but um, went through like really pushing myself hard and being miserable and burning out and all. And then it was like, well, okay, if it's not, if I'm not also going to be happy, I'm not understanding the point. And yet I don't, it, you know, it, like within me, I felt like you can't have to trade it off. Like there's got to be a way to do both. So I started looking for people that were doing both. And I was like, oh, there are people that are happy and successful. So that must be possible. And then, um, you know, certain things happened. Like there's a book that leapt out of a bookshelf at me. And, um, you know, I had very low lows. I've talked to you about this before where, you know, I was in Manhattan and was drinking water out of a faucet because I couldn't afford a glass and living off mayonnaise sandwiches and stale bread. Um, you know, so certainly I've had my low lows and my higher highs. And so it became this quest to find some balance within that, you know, knowing, okay, sure, ebb and flow is normal and ups and downs are normal. But I was like, the ups and downs were severe. And um, finding that through line of happiness within me so that no matter what was going on, at least I knew 
that was there. That was my anchor. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's where a lot of us come on this path of mm. starting to want to understand more about living consciously is yeah. going through some of those difficult, painful times. Uh, and, 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 you know, for me, I know, and it sounds like you have a similar thing. At some point, I recognize the common denominator here is me. Yeah. Right. Right. It, so I'm the one. And then I, I had a you know, I'm the one that's kind of causing and creating this. And mm -hmm. um, and then I had to start asking hard questions. What is it about me that I'm creating these relational patterns? Or what is it about me that I keep ending up flat broke? Or, you know, what is it about me that I believe that I can't amount to anything or that I have to work really hard like you? You got to work really hard to make it, you know, to make it in this world. And uh, And it is that journey that kind of turns you within. Uh, and, and, and that is often the early path of awakening. A friend of mine wrote a book, Michael Meerdad, he wrote a book called, you're not going crazy. You're just waking up. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> and I love that notion, you know, that at the beginning of it, it doesn't look and feel so good. So what yeah. are some of the things that you did that kind of aided your, your process toward conscious living, Kristen? Yeah. And it's, it actually speaks to some of what you were just saying too. I think the, the first thing really is taking that responsibility of, I'm the common denominator in my life. I am the only constant in my life. Like if this is, if this life is a science experiment, I am the constant and everything else is a variable. The challenge is in our society, taking responsibility means who's to blame. And so I think it's that jump um, from what responsibility means in terms of responsibility equaling blame, which it does not to realizing actually if you take responsibility it's not about beating yourself up it's not about blaming yourself it actually gives you the power to change things if you don't take any responsibility you're just living at the whim of whatever happens around you and so I, that was the first big shift for me was to realize oh this isn't about blaming me so this is about having the power to change if i created this I could create that. Right? Yeah. So I was going to ask you, how how do you distinguish the difference between responsibility and blame? Blame is an interesting... I don't have a lot of time for blame. I have um, time for... Listen, you know what? If I did something, said something um, where I'm like, ooh, not what I meant, or I see that it makes someone feel badly, or I am all for owning it. And saying, you know what, I so didn't, I did, that was not my intention or even, oh, you know what, that, that in that moment, in that argument, I said that painful thing and it was my intention in the moment and I just hate that that happened, but I'm so sorry, right? So taking the ownership, but not then berating myself and shaming myself and it doesn't make me a bad person, it makes me a person. I mean, sure, if you end up with this massive pattern of hurting other people, okay, there's stuff to look at. Yeah, yeah. But in, for the most part, most of us, yeah. we're actually trying to do the best that we can. Yeah. And we're in those moments when the best that we can or the best, I, I like to always say that sometimes people are doing the best that they can because I believe in massive potential. Sometimes they're just doing the best that they know how. Yeah. Um, well, I say doing the best they can according to their current and evolving capacity. Exactly. Exactly. 
there is more potential. Sometimes you're just doing it and you're doing what feels right. And, the, and sometimes you're doing what you, what feels right. And then it's like, oh, that, nope, whoops, that had the total opposite effect. And so I'm all for the ownership of those moments, but the, and true ownership of it, you know, and the, and the coming clean and the being sorry and, and all of that. But then not putting your value as a person on it, not shaming yourself, not keeping yourself in this place of, see, this is what's wrong with you. It's like, no, you're human. This is what happens. And because until you move from that place of shame and active blame where you're just reliving it and, and punishing yourself, and so therefore you don't deserve, you're not going to move. Nothing's going to budge. Um, you know, and it's it's... I think at the end of the day, if you can look at it and go, you know what, today I did the, I did do the best that I could. I, I threw, you know, not looking for excuses of, well, you know, because of this, this, and this. I, not looking for excuses to act poorly. That is not what I'm talking about. But, you know, it's looking at it and going, you know, I'm going to get some, I'm going to nail some things and they're going to be amazing and I'm going to miss on some other things. And so I need to make adjustments and have ownership. Yeah. I think of it in terms of what level of consciousness you're living in. Mm. Living in kind of the lower vibration consciousness, blame is what it's it's the lens that you see through, whether it's yeah. yourself or other people. And it, well, and I think it's because that's what we're taught at such an early age. You don't want to be the one to blame. So, you know if it's what we're taught or if it's uh, in fact human nature, because look at toddlers, mm -hmm. look at toddlers you know, uh, they will very quickly point the finger like, no, Johnny did it. No, Susie did it. Sure. I mean, but I think they've already, I don't think, I think when you're born, you're probably not ready to point a finger of blame. Okay. It's not until you know there might be a negative repercussion, negative repercussion, which yeah. is the removal of love, which is the removal of acceptance. Or right. Criticism. Being critical. We learn that quickly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So maybe it's already imprinted. Uh, yeah, sure. In, in toddlers from a very early age. So, you know, and if you don't grow beyond that kind of young uh, education that you got about, about blame, you stay stuck in that blaming pattern, which you won't grow in consciousness if you can't shift from blame to responsibility. It's not my fault, but it is up to me to make mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And even be, you know, there are certain things where it's like, well, yeah, okay, that I've screwed that up. That that's on me. It doesn't make you a lesser person. It makes you a person. <laughs> Sometimes we screw things up, and so this whole like having to dodge ever having screwed anything up reality that most people are trying to let either it makes you start to lie to others and yourself start to internally blame yourself for absolutely everything or just stop trying and engaging because there's going to be things that you screw up, right? And so it's redefining failure. That's a lot of what I worry with. But failure, it's, that didn't work out how I expected. What are the adjustments I can make? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So talk about that a little bit more. Redefining failure sounds like a very conscious process. Well, it is. You know, here's the thing. Up until, what, the age of seven, where our brains are in a different state that is a far more receptive, far more hypnotic state. So we're just accepting stuff in. After that, we need to shift 
And the way we learn something new, the way we implement something new is through repetition. I'm an actor. It's through it through rehearsal, right? And every rehearsal doesn't go great. And there are some rehearsals where you're like, man, that, you know, boy, I wasn't getting it that day. But you, you shift from unconscious creation to conscious creation. And, you know, I talk about it being the, well, most people don't. Most people are living unconsciously by default, right? But becoming the, the conscious observer of your thoughts, of your awareness, of what you're giving your energy, your attention, your awareness to, because when we shift, so often what happens is something happens outside of us and we dive in. If it's good, we feel great. If it's not good, we feel horrible, right? We're on this crazy ride. And when we can shift to not fully going down the rabbit hole and, oh, hold on, that's happening right now. I'm doing that thing. I'm diving in how I do. That's when we become the conscious observer. That's when we can start to make a different choice. But we still have to practice the choice. You know, people say to me all the time, okay, so how do I... How do I get it where I'm perfect at it? I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I'm pretty, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it takes choice. And sometimes you're going to catch yourself right before you jump into the habitual response. Sometimes you're going to catch yourselves three months into it. it. Wherever you catch yourself, you catch yourself. And that's great. And then it's not, it's shifting from the habitual, then I berate myself for it. That's where we get stuck. That's our inner resistance going, ha ha, I'm going to keep you stuck here. And that's what creates patterns, right? Yeah, exactly. And instead going, okay, I see that this is my pattern. It still feels crappy. I don't feel great right now, but I see that it's my pattern and I don't need to dive down the rabbit hole in just the same way. And when you do that, you've actually done a pattern interrupt just by noticing it, by becoming the conscious right. you know, observer. Right. I mean, that is the... The definition of conscious living, I would say, the ability to step back and observe mm -hmm. how you're mm -hmm. thinking and feeling and responding, to step back and observe your behaviors, uh, and then choose. And then make a different choice. And what will help you is if you, from now on, go into life with the agreement with yourself that I'm, I'm going to not, I'm going to choose not to judge myself. You're still going to do it every once in a while. But again, that's another one. You catch yourself doing it, you know, conscious observer. And then, and also, if you can pre-arm yourself, look, we all have the same, what, three to five patterns that we cycle through? Cycle through, yeah, yeah. Right? What so would you, you hold on, what would you say they are, those three to five patterns? Oh, no, each of us is different, but we each have our own, like, okay, give me an example. Okay, um, every once in a while, probably three times a year, I will suddenly wake up. Normally, it's uh, after things have been going really well in my business, and I will out of nowhere wake up and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm never going to, another dollar is never going to flow into my business. There's no, there's no reason for it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just, but that's a, a pattern. Of, that's a thing that happens. And so when I finally was able to start to, become aware of, oh, this is a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, you know, like a lot of actors, suddenly they'll be in rehearsal and they're feeling great. And then their pattern might be that, I don't know, probably about the seventh, eighth day. Some of them, it's the second day. Some of them, it's the first day. They're like, I everybody else is doing so great and I'm doing so... Like every actor you talk to, 
going to have that, right? Yeah. We all have our things. Yeah, yeah. And so when you can identify them, so like my thing that I was just talking about, the like, oh my God. And then you can decide, okay, when that happens, I'm going to acknowledge it's happening. I'm not going to try to convince myself out of it. That just ends it. You in a like in a wrestling match, but I'm going to own it. I'm going to be like, this is what it is. And then if you pre-decide what you're going to choose to put your energy, attention and awareness on at that moment, okay. if you decide ahead of time, okay, yep, as not- opposed to when it happens, yeah, yeah, you're less then you're equipped. Yeah, then you go, all oh, right. I I decided that instead I was gonna fo- I was just gonna go take a walk, yep. whatever it is. I was gonna do something that's just for me. I was gonna drive to the beach. I was gonna write that sort of thing. And then you can get to the point. It doesn't mean that the pattern. It still happens to me. But now I'm able to what used to sort of be there then because I dived down that rabbit hole for a week, two weeks, a month, now it's literally like a day or an afternoon where I'll come out and I'll be like, just so you know, and now it's funny. It still feels bad, but it's funny where I'll be like, just so you know, this is that day. Everybody's leaving. All the money's washing, like drying. Right, right, right. I'm going to go on a walk. Right. Yes. So it's like, yeah. Right. So if you can pre-decide just something that you'll give your attention to, mm-hmm. that is the conscious choosing. That is conscious living. I love that. So some of the things you decide to do are go to the beach, go for a walk, not like immediately changing your inner dialogue, but almost changing your physical set in in the moment. Yeah, I respond very much with physical stuff. Some people yeah. don't. Um, but the because the worst thing for me to do is when I feel that way, I jump into, even though there's not actually a problem, that's the part that is important to realize. I don't know that this has ever happened to me when there was actually something that needs to be solved, mm. right? When there's actually something that needs to be solved, I'm in that mode, I'm yeah. handling it. Sure. It's normally coming out of, and who knows where it came from? I'm sure, you know, what the other shoe's going to drop. I don't even know if the first shoe dropped, but that's fine. Whatever it is, right? it happens. There's not, and so what I used to do is I would dive into all of this problem solving for a problem that actually didn't exist. Yeah, exactly. And so now I'm giving all of this energy, all of the, this attention, all of this awareness to the thing that is to what I don't want to create. Right. That's what anxiety does, right? So then you're like breathing into it and you're like, so the best thing for me is not to then sit down and be like, hey, I'm gonna do some work because what would I do? Okay, maybe I can create a coaching program I'm going to do something that's not actually going to help. It's just going to waste my time, waste my energy, make it all more difficult. Because of where it's coming from. You're coming from that anxious, limited space. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. Wow, I love that. I love that notion of like just get up and do something different. Observe it. And one of the things I like to remind myself too, Kristen, when I'm in that space, of you know, whatever my spirals are, is to remind myself that my thoughts aren't true. (laughs) You know, we all, I mean, how many thoughts do we have a day? Somewhere between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day. is, And 70% of them are repeating. 70% of them are repeating and in the lower consciousness realm. Yeah. And they're typically repeating negative thoughts. Repeating negative thoughts, right? You're such a loser. What's the matter with you? Why can't you do better? You should do better. Look at them. They're doing better. You know, so mm-hmm. comparison, judgment, negativity. Exactly yep. right. 
So when I catch myself in that space of ha having some judgmental uh, towards self or others, repetitive negative space, I just remind myself, your thoughts aren't true. There have been little neurological patterns that have been yep. in your brain and you can get off that train at any point that yep. you want to get off that train. You can actually yep. switch tracks. Instead of being on that track, you can go on this track over here. Exactly. exactly. Well, and that's exactly what the sort of pre-choosing or even choosing, because, you know, if you're looking at like manifestation and all of that, the universe isn't like, this is how she feels about money. It's literally all about your vibration, all about where where you're at. So it's not topic specific. So the best thing you can do is shift your vibration. And the best way to do that is by shifting what you're paying attention to, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's like, okay, so I'm going to go sing instead, because you know what? I'm not, I don't have questions about that. Now on a day when maybe I'm like, oh, my voice feels really weird and I'm starting to judge that. Well, then, okay, great. I'm going to go write a webinar for, right? Like it's choosing to focus where the energy feels good yeah. and taking action there is going to raise the energy everywhere. Absolutely. So I want to, I want to go a little bit deeper for people maybe who are newer to this notion <laughs> of conscious living. You said it's all about your vibration. So you have to do something to raise or to shift your vibration. Tell our listeners and me, what do you mean by that? Because that's could right? Just go to someone who's not in this conversation yeah. all the time. That's so like, that's yeah, what are you talking about? Because like people are like, what the, what the magical woo-woo stuff are you talking about? Have you ever walked into a party or walked into a room and been like, ooh, I want not that person mm -mm, where you just feel it? I don't dig their button. Their vibration. Yeah. We even have you that, are, right? we use that language. You're like, I don't I don't know what it is about him or her. I don't I exactly. Like I don't know. It just ooh, we're like that. I, Remember when we first met? It was like immediate. It was like I don't know. Oh yeah. I just like her vibe. We yes. were like cracking. We were laughing hysterically yes. in a Flavat filming. Yeah. And likewise, that exactly where you can walk into a, a and it's not that you're, you know all low vibrations like you're not necessarily going to respond to everybody but that's just the best example i can give it or like you're walking down the street maybe you see someone and you're like "Ooh, i don't want to engage with that person they feel dangerous yeah yeah, yeah. right they feel or oh my god that person i don't know what it is about them but they just like light up every room yeah 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 i right? think i like to help people understand vibration is think about the difference in feel of say walking on the beach on a sunny warm day with the breeze on your shoulders versus walking down the aisles at Walmart. Mm -hmm. And immediately yeah. people are like, oh, that's different. Yeah. And well, what even different is the energy of those two places. It's it's the energy and it's the intention behind it. It's what you're aware of behind it. So uh, here's it in like closed statements, even positive ones. This is why sometimes people struggle with affirmations um, can feel heavier than questions because questions are open or open. Interesting. They're open. There's opportunity. It's not fixed, right? So fixed feels heavy. So even if you think of like one of your self-judgment thoughts, you know, oh, what's what's wrong with me? I can't ever. If if you pay attention, you feel heavy. You start to like you go like even just me saying it. If you know, if suddenly you're like, now here's where this is what I was saying. Sometimes people struggle with like, I'm awesome and powerful and they're like well i don't believe that so what the heck do i what if 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 all you do is change it into a question it changes everything what if 
I'm more powerful than I think. Suddenly it's like, oh, I just got chills. It's suddenly it's like, oh, well, that's a possibility. It doesn't give you something to fight against because you're not saying I'm more powerful than I think because you might be like, no, you're not, right? What if I'm more powerful than I think? What would that mean to me? Right? That's a vibration changer right there. You don't need to go from like the lowest of lows to the highest of highs. You just need to open up the realm so that you're not keeping yourself down, which is what we're used to. Right. Completely what we're used to. I love that. So do you, and I love, what I especially love about that is most people use those what if questions the other way. In the wrong way. (laughs) You just got to upgrade your questions. That's all. You got to upgrade your questions. Yeah, yeah. The question thing. What's wrong with me? What's right. what's great about me? Yeah. What am I doing well? What have I done well this week? What have I done well so far today? Exactly. Why can why can't I make why can't I make this work? What are the things I do make work? Right. Right. Like literally you can use them. One the negative one to propel you to the positive one. Wow. I love that. That's the shift of focus. That's consciously choosing to shift your focus from the normal thing, because what happens is normally we feel badly, then we start to look for proof that we are right because we do like to be right on some yeah. unconscious level. And so defend itself. Yep. And so then we're like, see, I am an idiot. And then you look for more proof and it's this negative creation cycle. But if you can consciously inject yourself, become the observer and go, okay, the question I'm asking myself right now that is resulting in me feeling really horribly is why, why, what's like, why is everything that I do wrong? If I can then consciously choose it, even if it goes right back, you're, you're, you're going to ping pong back at first because yep. it's a neural pathway. It is. But this time we start to create a new neural pathway is, okay, I'm having that thought. Well, what is, what's the opposite of that thought? Well, what if I do some things right? What, what might one of those things be? Yeah. Yeah. An exercise that I love to have my coaching clients do, and I, I wish I could claim it as being my own stroke of brilliance, but it's not. It's from Martin Seligman, who's the founder of Positive Psychology. He um, he has something in his book called Flourishing, an exercise in his book called Flourishing with research to back it up, that says if you write down three good things that have happened in the last 24 hours, or your three good things today or my three blessings, and then write down, you're going to love this, what it says about you. Mm-hmm. So the three good things and what that says about me. So good thing number one, what that says about me. He said yep. that people who have do who do that exercise just for a week show an enhancement in self-esteem for three months. Yeah. So it's an exercise that I do myself, uh, my three mm-hmm. exercise, and it's something that I like to teach. And it's basically, it's, it's affirming what you're saying. Yeah. And what you put your attention and focus on is where your energy will go. Uh, mm-hmm. Charles Fillmore said, energy flows where attention goes. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's like, what are you, you know, what are you looking at? Oh, uh, one of my most profound moments of change in my life was um, I had just done Annie on Broadway and was taking a break because that had been a very toxic work environment, but I was taking a break and I started a dog walking dog training company. It was in New York and it was, and I was, it was great at first, and it was a great way to still be able to do what I wanted to do, but money wasn't great, and it was tiring. Like, that was an exhausting thing to do. I love animals, so yeah. luckily there was that. And there was this one day, it was pouring rain, pouring rain, and I am out there with, and I had finished, I had just dropped off 
my most recent dog at this beautiful apartment and everything, you know. And I was like, man, and I was just sitting there, kind of staring in space in the rain. And this guy walked by, so perfectly New York, and he went, what are you looking at? And changed, I was like, exactly, what am I looking at? I was looking at everything that was wrong. I was looking at all of the proof that I couldn't have what I wanted, as opposed to going, oh, I, well, I'm going into these gorgeous apartments every day. That's proof that that exists right. with these people that they're just people. Like they weren't like, you know, these magical fairies that floated around. They were just lovely people. And, right. you know, and so that was the first moment that I went, oh, it really is about what we're actively and consciously choosing to put our attention on. And that doesn't mean that it's always natural. It doesn't mean that it's always easy. Right. But you can train yourself just like any more often than not. It's not a she the first week you go to the gym either. Exactly. <laughs> it's not easy. It's why we call it training. And yes, kind of training around your neurology and your thoughts and mastering your inner world is a lifelong process. Yep. See, that's one of the other things I think not enough teachers and, uh, and coaches talk about, you know, because we're in this era of the three quick steps and change your life in 18 minutes. And, you know, sure. um, and yes, I suppose that can happen. And it's a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you sure. Because you could change it in 18 minutes, but then you, it's sort of, it's sort of like thinking if you find the love of your life. Well, yay. Yay. But then you have a life. Yeah, that's fantastic. That can happen in a second and you can know it in a second. But if you want that relationship to continue to evolve and grow and not just become stale and wither and die, you have to consciously choose to participate in that. Yeah, you, you've got to be a player. You've got to have a vision. You've got to do yep. the work it's yep. the same thing with life. That's a really good analogy about finding the love of your life in 18 seconds and then devoting the rest of your life to making it work. <laughs> exactly. And there's going to be ups and downs, you know, just because you're putting in, like, that's like how you said with training, like going to the gym. At first, it's painful. At first, you have all this lactic acid. At first, you're like, why does that hurt? Why does that hurt? Maybe I shouldn't do this anymore. It seems like it hurts more than it helps. Yeah. All of that stuff. Then you keep going. Then you start getting results. Right. And you know what? At some point, you're going to get complacent. At some point, you're going to get sick and you're going to miss a couple of days at the gym and then you're not going to want to go yet. You're going to have ebb and flow and ups and downs, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's consciously choosing to get yourself back into back into it, being the person you want to be, because you're already that person. I it's just that. what you're highlighting. So beautiful. And with that thought, it's the ebbs and flows. It is all about consciously choosing the person that you want to be, because that person is already inside of you. What a mm -hmm. delightful wisdom bomb that you just dropped there, Kristen. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Listen, I know folks on here are going to want to know about you and your programs. Where's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, you could just go to gobigcoach.com or kristenhow.com. Oh, great. Just great. Super easy. K-R-I-S-T-E-N-H-O-W-E.com. Right. Either way. That'll be in the show notes as well. I love that. Thank you so, so much for being here with us on the Conscious Living Podcast. And I'll catch it was you. awesome. Yeah, so, so fun. <laughs> 